Hey friend, motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. This is the Mom CEO Suite. In the suite, there's no shade and no shaming. Just sharing and support so we can all thrive at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. Join me as I share my journey, challenges, and aha moments, along with the experiences and expertise of other modern-day moms in business. Welcome to the suite. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. Excited for another episode. Today, we have Andrea Singletary, and she is a podcast production manager and consultant, mom, wife, all the things. And so if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, you are listening to the right episode. So Andrea, welcome to the suite. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course, of course. Tell us who you are and about your business as well. Yeah. So as Felicia said, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two. Um, at the time of this recording, I have a seven-month-old and a two-year-old, so definitely very busy with those two. And then, yeah, I'm a mompreneur, too, so I am a podcast manager and consultant. I work with other mompreneurs, whether that's supporting them with launching their podcasts, managing their podcasts, or meeting with them for strategy sessions where I help them map out everything for their podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. So now we know that there are so many different ways that we can grow our businesses on the internet. We hear of so many things. So you being an expert in podcasting, why should we focus on podcasting? Well, one of the reasons why is that podcasting is quick and easy. Um, If you think about, for instance, like my target audience is mompreneurs. So I try to keep my episodes under 30 minutes and literally it takes me two to three hours a week to get everything done for my weekly episodes. So it's a great way to get content out there, reach your ideal clients in a whole new way. Um, And podcasting is it's the biggest thing right now. There are so many shows out there. So many people consume different podcasting shows and whatnot. Um, It's just a great way to establish yourself as an expert in your niche. Also, it's evergreen. So I don't know if you guys remember a while back with Instagram where it went down, people's accounts were deleted and everything like that. And if you think about with social media, you don't own your followers. So at any given moment, they can be taken away from you. But with your podcast, it's there forever. Like you may stop podcasting one day and people will still find your content. So you want to have something that is evergreen like that, that is always available, that you own the rights to. You control what you can put out there. You can control the length of your episodes, all of that. You have no restrictions. So that is why I push people to podcasts. And also, it's perfect for repurposing. So if you love being on social media, you can repurpose your content into reels, stories, um, feed posts. Um, You can repurpose it into blog posts. Like there's so much you can pull from your podcast episodes. Like you get so much rich content for each episode. So it, it just makes your life easier overall. 
That's so good. Um, you said one thing. I So I started a podcast for a different brand a couple of years ago. And one of the things that almost stopped me was something you said. You said there's a lot of podcasts out there. And I felt like, oh, well, there's already a bunch of podcasts. You know, it's oversaturated. So to that person who might be thinking that, what would you say to them to encourage them to still launch their podcast? Yeah. So uh, if you think about it, there is only one you. There is only one person with your personality, your view of the world, your view of things in your niche. And there's somebody who needs that. There's someone who needs to hear your voice, your message, the way that you explain things. So for instance, I have a podcast and it's geared towards mompreneurs. And there are so many mompreneur podcasts out there. However, I bring in my experience, my expertise. I really talk to moms who have kids under five um, because it's a challenging time of life when your kids are that young. And I get so much good feedback about my podcast and how helpful it is. Now, I'm sure there's another podcast out there who they may be talking about the same things about like I'm talking about, but that person is not me. They don't have my personality. They don't have my way of putting together an episode, telling a story or different things like that. So you are called to someone specifically. Somebody needs to hear your voice. But also, too, there's a bunch of podcasts out there, but a good portion of them are not active. A lot of people get excited, start a podcast, and then they ghost their audience. So there's still room for you. And if I'm pretty sure if your audience, if they listen to podcasts, they don't only listen to one podcast. They listen to multiple podcasts. And they're probably all similar podcasts. Like, I can, you can look at my phone. I have so many mompreneur and business podcast shows that I follow. And because I love all of these women, like their messaging and how they speak on certain topics, like I gain something from all of them. So don't think that, oh, there's no room for you. There's room. That's so good. There is room for you. So for the mompreneur who are they're like, okay, maybe I can do this, but they're feeling like I don't really have time. So what tips would, would you give them to start their podcast if they feel like they just don't have the time to do it? Yeah, so I did an entire podcast episode on this because it can feel that way, especially when you have little ones. And some of the tips I gave in that episode was I get my recording done while my kids are asleep. Um, normally I wait till late in the evening because I'm a night owl, but maybe it looks like for you getting up early in the morning, like an hour or so before your kids normally wake up or working on your content during nap time. Um, and one thing I like to remind moms is that this is just a season. It will not be this way forever. Your kids are going to get older, become more independent. And so you're not going to have to do things like this forever. Um, but yeah, taking advantage of times like when your kids are asleep, that's a great way to do it. Um, batch recording is another great way. Um, so mapping out your content for the month, um, picking like two to three days out of the month to record all your episodes. And it'll, it just makes things a lot easier. And so just, you know, being strategic and 
using those tools that you have and just taking advantage of any free time you have. Totally agree. Like we're recording this episode right now. My daughter is napping. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> it would have been a whole scene in here trying to record with her. Um, but that's definitely great advice. What about just some like really practical tips or technical tips for starting? Like what should they be looking to do? What types of programs should they be um, researching or looking into when they're attempting to start launching a podcast? Yeah, so I always feel like the biggest thing you need to figure out first, and a lot of people skip this step, is figuring out who you're serving and how you're going to serve them through your podcast. I am, I wouldn't say I'm against hobby podcasts, but I see it where people create these podcasts and it's like a hobby, but they're expecting to make money from it and it's just not adding up. You're not going to make money from your podcast if you don't know who you're serving and how you're going to serve them. So I would say that's the number one thing to do. Like if you have a business, look at your offerings, look at your target audience with your business and connect that to your podcast. And yes, you can sell your services on your podcast. You have the right to do that. So many people feel like they can't, but it's your show. And you can, you have that right. So I would say start there. And then as far as like the technical side of things, um, there's so many programs out there, software, all of that. Um, I am a huge proponent of YouTube University. <laughs> so if you don't have the money to hire someone to support you with your launch, definitely take full advantage of YouTube. Um, one of the programs I use for editing and you can also use it for recording is Audacity. It's free. So if you're trying to keep your costs down, I highly recommend that. Um, it does take some getting used to, but once you play around in it a few times, you can easily figure out how to edit in it. And like I said, recording is super easy. Um, it has like a big red button that you click to record. Um, and the nice thing is that you can pause while you're recording. And if you want to edit as you're recording, you can do that too. We'll save you a bunch of time. Um, so that is for like your editing and recording software. Um, another thing is getting a good mic and um, headphones. I highly recommend over the ear headphones because that helps block out like a lot of the background noises. As far as a mic, you want to make sure you get a dynamic mic, not condenser. Condenser mics picks up all of the background noises. They're super, super sensitive. So unless you're recording in a studio, stay away from condenser mics. Uh, the mic I use, it's the Samson Q2U. It's under $100. It's a great mic and it is a dynamic mic. Oh, picking your podcast hosting platform. There's a bunch out there. I know a lot of people like Anchor because it's free. But if you think about it, anything that's free is not always good. Um, so Anchor, I mean, it's okay. I've heard a lot of people have a lot of challenges when they try to switch from Anchor to another hosting platform. And then there's rumors that supposedly you don't own your content. So Anchor has a bad rep in general in the podcasting world. Um, 
But some of the good ones are Buzzsprout, which I think their basic plan is like $15, $16 a month. Um, Another good one is Podbean, which is $9 a month. And then my favorite that I use for my show is Captivate. It is a little bit more pricier, but it has so many great features, especially if you're really looking at growing your podcast and really trying to scale your business through podcasting. Um, I think it's worth the investment. That's great. Thanks for sharing this. And I like how you said YouTube University because people are in different um, spaces and levels mm-hmm. in their business. I know when I started my other podcast, I was on YouTube figuring it all out, Googling everything. Like, how do you even do this? How do you get them on Apple and Google Podcasts and all that? So the information is definitely out there, but there is benefit. I think now in the space that I'm at, um, there is benefit to hiring out experts to help you launch and just produce your podcast because as a mompreneur, time is limited. So just having that help is very helpful. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your journey into mompreneurship. So what's your story? How did you come to this intersection of being a mom and a business owner? Yeah, so my background is actually child development. For 10 years, I worked in the early childhood field. I started out as a teacher assistant, worked my way all the way up to a preschool director. And um, after I had my son in 2020, while I was on maternity leave, um, the school that I oversaw shut down. And so I kind of was like forced into being a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I was considering like not going back just because I wanted to be there for my son's first moments and everything. But that decision was like ultimately made for me, um, which it was kind of scary because I... I had the higher income compared to my husband. And so we literally lost a big portion of our income and living solely off of his income and our savings. But by the grace of God, we made it through. So I was a stay-at-home mom, did, you know, all the fun stuff with my son, experienced all those first moments with him. And then we decided to put him in preschool just so he could start socializing with other kids his age. And so when he started school, I was kind of like, okay, I need to do something for myself. So I decided to pursue being a virtual assistant. And fun fact, when I launched my virtual assistant business, I was 12 weeks pregnant with my daughter. So (laughs) you guys know how it is when you're pregnant, tired and all the things, but I made it work. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I started out as a virtual assistant, literally doing everything. I did blog copywriting. I did general admin. I did social media management. I did all these things, um, just to kind of see what was out there, what I could possibly do. And then I got into podcasting. Um, I had already started listening to podcasts, like when I became a mom, just because, As a first-time mom, there are so many things that you go through that no one really prepares you for. So it was nice knowing that other women were experiencing the same things as me. Like, I wasn't going crazy or anything like that. And I, I didn't really know 
how people got their podcast up and out into the world. I just assumed it just magically appeared. <laughs> but I started doing some research and I realized that, or I came across that there are actually people who are paid to edit people's podcasts and get them up and out into the world. So I took a course. I did Lauren Wrighton's podcast manager program. Absolutely loved it. And I just went for it. Um, I completed the course right before I had my daughter. So imagine me like 38 weeks pregnant, completing this corpus, like getting ready to completely pivot my business. And then I had my daughter and literally a few weeks after I had my daughter, I landed my first podcast manager client. Um, it was one of my former virtual assistant clients. And yeah, I've just kept going ever since then, um, connecting with other people, really expanding my network and being able to work with some amazing women. I love that story, um, especially because you pivoted in your business. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we feel like we have to have it all figured out before we start our business. But you learn as you go, you pivot as you go. I can't even tell y'all how many times I've pivoted in my business because you don't really know, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work, what you enjoy mm -hmm. until you actually do it. And it's OK to pivot. So I definitely love that. Um, so yeah. in talking about being a mompreneur, what has been the biggest challenge for you with that and what has been helpful to you in overcoming that challenge? Yeah, so I would say the biggest challenge was going from a mom of one to a mom of two, but not just having two kids, having two under two. And with my son, I was able to just get things done with no problem. He was actually going to preschool full time. But after we had our daughter, we decided to switch him to part time. And so trying to figure out, OK, how to get work done while they're both home. And I had to accept the fact that I couldn't keep doing things how I did them before this was a new season of life that required something differently of me. And so I made the decision to the days that my kids were home with me to focus solely on them. So they're home with me Tuesdays and Thursdays on those days. I don't do much work. I don't schedule client calls unless it's like an absolute emergency. I focus mainly on them. I will like send an email here and there, um, especially like if it's during nap time or anything like that. But I've accepted that in this season of life, I can't work Monday through Friday. I can only work the three days that they're at school and then I'll get some work done on the weekends. And so I think that was when I shifted my mindset, that helped a lot. It took a lot of pressure and stress off of me. It also allowed me to be a better mom to my kids, to, you know, be there to meet their needs and spend that quality time with them and focus solely on them the days that they're home with me. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest challenge in how I overcame it. Also, too, asking for help. I had a talk with my husband and he started taking on more responsibility, like, handling the nighttime routine with our son and 
Um, he is responsible for cooking dinner. I don't cook dinner anymore. He handles all of that. (laughs) And so I, I realized that I needed to relinquish that control that I'm still a good mom. Even if I don't do it all, I shouldn't be doing it all. So I think those two things were like what helped me the most in overcoming that challenge. That's so good. And I totally agree with both of those. Um, I know when I was on your podcast, we were talking about how um, I was an entrepreneur before I came a mom and I had to adjust to this new lifestyle. And um, I really had to shift my mindset, like you said, and create a business that was around my child's needs and not try to fit my child into this business that I had before she was born. And so the mindset shift, you know, the expectations that I had before, they had to change. And it was, like you said, um, less pressure on me because it's like you had all of this weight trying to do it all, but it's like you you can't, right? So just don't even put that weight and pressure on you. So I totally agree. And I did also have to ask for help. Um, you know, I had to ask my husband, can you get her up in the mornings, on the weekends, just help out a little bit more? And those little things, they do help. So Asking for help if you have other family members who are nearby. And even if you don't, just pray and ask for some type of help and help that you need will be sent your way. Um, so we're going to do a quick rapid fire round. This is really, <laughs> this is really fun. It's just this or that. So really light questions. Okay. Um, so I'll just give you two options and you pick which option you would choose. Okay. okay? <laughs> so. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Starbucks. Mm, So are you a coffee person? I am. And funny thing is, like, I don't even drink Starbucks like that, but I know I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not really a coffee person. Like, if I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm going to get a donut. Yeah. I'm at Starbucks. I'm going for, like, tea or something or because it was Mm. nearby. Okay. Beach vacation or cabin getaway? Definitely the beach. I'm not a nature, outdoorsy, woodsy type of person. Same, same, same. Okay. Work from home or work from a co-working space? Work from home. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any distractions. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. Well, that was it. See, I don't tell my guests what their questions are going to be. So they're always like, oh, my goodness. No, just really Yeah, it's like, good pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nothing serious. Um, So we're going to wrap it up here. So let people know how they can get in contact with you or how you would want people to connect with you. Yeah, so all of my stuff is Mama Turn Mompreneur. So my website, my Instagram, my podcast. So you can reach out to me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, especially if you have any questions about launching your podcast or if you you have a podcast and it's not working and you're just looking for some insight. I love helping people when it comes to their podcast. So don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. And all her info will be linked in the show notes. So definitely reach out and connect. Our guests are open to connecting with you and chatting with you. So take advantage of that opportunity. 
Andrea, thank you so much for joining us here in the Mom CEO Suite. And we will be chatting with you again soon. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.